Hi, Pastor Rob here from City East Church and MTL Ministries. What you hold is true. Is it really truth? Will what you believe get you through on Judgment Day? Are you keeping to the pattern of sound teaching held out in Scripture? In this series, Truth, Judgment and Eternity, I intend to deliver messages that check the solidness of our Christian foundation so as to guard the good deposit that was entrusted to us as Christ's ambassadors on this earth. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And it says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. The eternal judgment was considered an elementary teaching of those of the first century. An elementary teaching, a basic teaching. The doctrine of the eternal judgment was considered the milk of the word, not the meat. Yet when we preach on it today, it is considered the meat of the word, if it's even preached on. And this is not the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to know and have a full understanding of the doctrine of the eternal judgment at the outset of the Christian faith. It should be one of those messages that actually reaches us in our heart and turns us to believe in Jesus. It should be an evangelical message. Do you know what I'm saying? But unfortunately, the, 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 much of Christendom doesn't even teach about their judgment, doesn't make people aware that they're going to be judged, they're going to be examined. There's a test coming. And they don't prepare people for the test. And as I've said in the past, you imagine if you were studying mathematics under maths teacher and that maths teacher spent the whole year talking about everything except mathematics. And you get to the big final at the end of the year, you've got the big giant maths exam. And you don't know one question. You can't answer a single question. Would that teacher be considered a good teacher? he'd be considered a very, very, very poor teacher. A teacher not worth being paid. A teacher that's worth to be discarded from the educational system and thrown out. You know, if I don't teach on the eternal judgment, I'm worthless. If I don't tell you what's about to happen in, in the future, I'm a worthless teacher. And so is every single minister in the world today. If they don't preach about the eternal judgment, they are worthless ministers. Worthy of being discarded and thrown out of the kingdom. Seriously. And the teachers are going to be judged harsher than the normal person. If you claim to be a teacher, the Bible tells us that we're going to be judged harder, judged tougher. So if I don't teach on the eternal judgment, I'm worthless. You know, and that's why I've got a two-part message in this. Because the, the eternal judgment is an important, important message. So important, in fact, that our lives hang on it. Our eternal life hangs on that exam, that judgment. How many of you fear standing before a judge in a human court? Imagine you were convicted of some crime and you had to appear before the judge. Would you be fearful? Right? Now, just say the crime, you know, is worthy of death. Would you be fearful? If the judge says, execute him, You'd be, your heart would be moving, wouldn't it, before the judgment was made? We're going to stand before an eternal judge. This is not just death from this life. This is eternal death. Every last one of us is going to be judged, and we're going to be weighed, and we're going to find out whether we receive eternal life or not. Now, don't let these ministers deceive you into thinking that you can be and do and act Whatever, in ever, any way you want, and you're never going to lose your salvation, no matter what you do, you cannot lose your salvation. Garbage. That is garbage. I've got scriptures to prove it's garbage. Actually, the Bible makes it so clear that that's not the case. That it's those that do the will of the Father will be received into the kingdom of God. So if we don't do the will of the Father, we've got to start asking ourselves a big serious question. Are we ready for the eternal judgment? 
because we're going to get weighed. And you know what? You can't stand there in my name saying, oh, I'm, you know, I was under Rob's ministry. Big deal. You've got to stand there in the one and only name, in the name of Jesus Christ. You've got to... But you've got to know that you live for him throughout your life and that you did not turn and live for self. And you know what? We, have, we live in a culture that is driven. The whole culture is driven to make you live for yourself, to live and do what, what you please, what feels good. And we get pulled and sucked in all these different directions by the, what is popular, you know what I mean? We've got to be really careful. We've got to be really careful that we don't just get sucked along in the modern culture and lose our salvation because we didn't live according to the will of God, but we lived according to the will of the world. The will of, work of the world is very enticing, extremely enticing. So that's what this sermon's about. Do you think it's important? So how far have we declined in our theology and doctrine when the judgment is the least taught and misunderstood of all scriptures? That it's, it's just about ignored in churches because they don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. They don't want to make people feel any type of conviction that there might be, you know, a possibility they might not get saved. You know, but you know what? If you want to get saved, find out how to get saved. Don't just assume you're saved because the minister says you're saved. Find out what the Bible has to say. Because the Bible has a lot to say about salvation. Because Christians have an inadequate knowledge of the coming judgment, they live like pagans, yet claim to be Christian. Christians today live like pagans, a lot of them. Not all of them, a lot of them. They live like pagans. They, half the time you can't even tell them apart from an unbeliever in the world. There's not much, many distinguishing characteristics of, that per, of the Christian that makes them seem like a Christian in comparison to the pagan. Because they get into the same things. You know, I'm, I'm preaching this to me as well. I'm not just preaching it to you. I'm not just preaching it to the internet audience. I'm preaching it to me as well because we really got to clean up our act. The judgment is coming. God is going to judge us. Who believes that? If you don't think God's going to judge you, you're deceived. If you just think that life's this merry ride and at the end there's no consequences, you're deceived. We are going to face God. Knowledge of the judgment changes the way we live for Christ today. Knowledge of the judgment will change it. If you live with your eyes on the throne of God, if you live with your eyes on the judgment seat of Christ, knowing that one day you're going to stand there and God is going to look at you and he's going to call you by name. And then he's going to show on a screen exactly what you've been up to in your life for everyone to see. Everything will be exposed. Nothing will be hidden. It'll all be out in the light. It'll be in the open. And... You, you'll stand there and you just won't know what to say. So make sure you change now. Wash away that past because God's willing to forgive you. Just wash away that past. Live holy and righteously for God right now and from here on. Be determined. Don't get sucked away and pulled along by the crowd. Don't do what they all do. We watched that video last week of Kesha that Joe Schimmel put together. How corrupt if you follow Kesha? How corrupt if you follow Lady Gaga? How corrupt if you follow any of these worldly leaders, you know, in, in, in pop culture? They're all corrupt. Every last one of them. Every last one of them. Don't get sucked in to that. Be discerning. Be discerning of what is true and right. Remember, in everything that you watch, everything that you do, if Christ can't sit in the room with you while you're doing it, don't do it. If you're about to watch something on the internet and Christ can't sit there and watch it with you, don't watch it. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm just going to run through a bit of a um, theology of the judgment. This was taken from uh, the, the internet website Biblos. It was a little thing when I searched for judgment. And I'm just going to read it straight through. 
the day of judgment for which the word judgment alone is sometimes used is that great day at the end of the world when Christ shall sit as judge over all the universe and when every individual of the human race will be judged and recompensed according to his works, whether they be good or evil. The time of its coming and its duration are known only to God. It will break upon the world suddenly and with a glorious but awful majesty. It will witness the perfect vindication of all the ways of God. The revelation of his justice, appalling but unstained, will fill the universe with approving wonder, but the revelation of his yet more amazing goodness will crown him with unutterable glory. The Redeemer especially will then receive his reward, the Redeemer being Jesus Christ, and be glorified in his saints, in those uh, that served him while they lived on earth. Uh, who shall be raised from the dead in his likeness. He will divide all mankind into two classes. They call it the goat and goats and the sheep. All the righteous will be in one and all the wicked in the other. All that love God in the one and all that hate him in the other. All that penitently believed in Christ while they lived in the one that uh, penitently is repentful for their life. And all that died impenitent. Uh, and unbelieving in the other and this judgment and separation will be eternal the former will rise in holiness and joy and the latter will sink in sin and woe forever i wanted to just encapsulate that and i thought that was a really good little uh description of what that'll be it'll be a time where god's going to divide the righteous from the unrighteous and we're going to be shocked at who's among the righteous and we're going to be shocked about who's in among the unrighteous now make sure you're among the righteous. Make sure you're among those that serve God and live for God in, repent, in a state of repentance. And repentance means walking not in the ways of the world and turning our back on sin and walking away from it. That's repentance. We've got to live in that state. We can't just claim that state once in our life and assume that we're going to stay in that state. You know, Apostle, uh, sorry, uh, John the Baptist said, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. We've got to produce fruit in keeping with it. Not just repent once and then go back to our normal life again like most Christians do today. So deep in man's soul, in a man's soul, they know that they will one day face God before his throne to be judged. Who has that deep knowing of that here? Right? Do you know most unbelievers have a sense? They won't admit it. They won't admit it to your face. But when they lay, lay awake late at night and the things of God goes through their head and then they think about the, the things that they know in their heart they shouldn't do but they can't help it, they just have to keep doing it, they know one day they're going to have to face God. They won't admit it. They know it. It's, it's inbuilt in us. It's like it's in our DNA. It's a program that we know that all of this is going to come to a head one day. All of this life, this world is going to come to a head and we're going to stand there before the Almighty Judge and face Him. And we've got to let this resonate in us. I'm really pushing this today because I really want you guys to get a deep, deep sense of what lay ahead. Hebrews 9.27 says, And as it is... Uh, appointed to men once to die, but after this, the judgment, or after this, to face judgment. It's appointed that men will die once, and after that, they will face judgment. If you die today in, in Christ, you to, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, you will go into a place which was the equivalent of back in the Old Testament of a paradise, but now it's heaven, because since Jesus came, he brought his those that follow him into heaven. So we'll go in our spirit, we'll go into heaven. Judgment won't take place yet, but we'll be in heaven. The righteous will be judged differently to the unrighteous. The righteous will be judged according to what they did, but they won't lose salvation. Because if you've, if you've moved into heaven once you die, you, you've received salvation. That's the, it's the first step. But the judgment for the saints will come and then we will be, there will be a division of who served him more, who served him less, in a sense. Now, in the uh, unrighteous, if you die today, you go into a place called hell and await the eternal judgment. And at the eternal judgment, they'll be thrown into the lake of burning sulfur. Right? They'll have all their sins revealed, 
and their hatred towards God revealed, and then they'll they'll be thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, and hell itself and the death realm will be thrown into the lake of burning sulfur with it. So that whole place. And when, when the Bible says death will be thrown in there, what that means is no more death. Death will not exist any longer. So it's just important to remember there's two classes of judgment. Matthew 12, 37. For by your words you shall be justified. By your words you shall be justified. And by your words you shall be condemned. That doesn't mean it's a work salvation. That just means what you say will justify you. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. If you unconfess with your mouth, you won't be saved. By your words, you'll be justified by your words. And by your words, you shall be condemned. I'll go back on that. And by your words, you shall be condemned. So if you say, I hate Jesus, if you say you hate God, he does not exist. If you say Christianity is just mythology, it's all a load of rubbish, how can you take it for seriously? Okay, you will be condemned by your words. If you step on Jesus Christ, if you crush him underfoot, or try to because he can't, he's already won the battle. But if that's what you do, if you mock him and insult him and, and live a life in rebellion to Jesus Christ, you're going to receive what you receive for being like that. And you will be condemned. The word of God is clear. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear... So it's not just me saying it, this is the Bible saying it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due, due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. To the, to the righteous, when we appear before Jesus Christ, we'll be weighed according to the good and bad things we've done. We won't lose our salvation because we're in Christ. We're in him, we're, we're living in heaven, and uh, we will have a... A greater reward or a lesser reward? Who wants the greater reward? Yeah. Look, there's no greater reward than getting into heaven anyway. But I want, I want to go for, for gold, if you know what I mean. You know, you want to get treasures. You want to build treasures. You want to get there and know that you've got a storehouse of treasure built up for you. You know, that's what a true Christian should be aiming for, is to please their saviour. So that when they get to heaven, the Saviour will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's all I want to hear. Actually, like I know that that'll be a, that's the treasure of treasures, to get told that from Jesus Christ. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's the treasure we should be after. But with that statement comes actual treasure in heaven. And, you know, you could be the poorest man on earth with nothing in the way of material wealth and get to heaven and have a, have a kingdom waiting for you. You know what I mean? Just this incredible mansion of and the wonders of treasures that we can't even imagine right now because Jesus has them prepared for you. And what Jesus has prepared for the saints is just unthinkable. We can't even comprehend what it is. But it's going to be exciting. You think Christmas Day was exciting as a little kid. This is something else. So... For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, John 5.22 says, For the Father judges no one, but he has given all judgment to the Son. So who's the judge? Jesus. He's the Son. John 9.39, Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, that those who don't see may see, so that the blind may see, and those that think they see may become blind how many people today think they see and when it comes to Jesus they're blind you know worldly philosophy is is man's attempt to see worldly psychology all that stuff is man's attempt to see but they they become blind through following it and through believing it and denying the word of God where the where, where men do become seers of truth. You know what I'm saying? Jude one twenty four says, Now to him that is able to keep you from falling, who can keep us from falling? Jesus. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you won't fall. Remember when Peter got out of the boat and he walked on water 
and he was looking to Jesus. He says, help me to walk on water and, and give me the faith. And Jesus says, well, walk out towards me. And Jesus held out his hand and he walked towards Jesus. But then they said he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the water and he began to sink. Right? But then at, where he cried out to the Lord, help me, I'm drowning. Right? And what did Jesus do? He grabbed him and lifted him up because he got his eyes back on Jesus and then he got back above the water again. So you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus to walk through this this life of sin because that's what we have around us. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can walk above it. If we take our eyes off Jesus, we'll sink into the sea of sin and we'll drown in it, literally. So keep your eyes on him, on him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. He can present us faultless. How would he do that? How could he present us faultless? One word. Forgiveness. There it is, forgiveness. Without forgiveness, we cannot be faultless. When he forgives you, it's like you have never sinned. And this is an important point to, to consider as well. We've got to accept when we ask God to forgive us for something, if we've done something wrong and we ask him to forgive us, we've got to then know that he has forgiven us so that we can live without the burden of that sin upon us. I know in myself many times things that I've already asked God to forgive me over, I then think about again and then I'm asking God to forgive me again, then I get forgiveness for it, and then again, you know, three months later, I think about it again, I ask God, you know what I mean? It's a cycle, and Jesus is going, it's like Jesus is saying to me, what are you talking about? <laughs> I've forgotten about it, I don't know about you, you know, because he cast this, that sin as far as the east is from the west. So we've got to remember that, and it helps us to live in him today. We've got to keep that in mind, because a lot of people out there, they cannot forgive themselves. You know, it's had an epidemic of people that cannot forgive themselves. And I believe if you can't forgive yourself, that would cause someone to attempt suicide. Unforgiveness towards yourself for whatever thing. We don't know what goes through a man or a woman's mind prior to committing suicide. But I would dare say that it was, would more than likely have something strong to do with unforgiveness towards themselves you know and Jesus came to set us free from that he will present us faultless he will forgive us and cast our sin as far as the east is from the west if we would just come to him and say lord forgive me help me help me to forgive myself through that forgiveness that you offer amen keep that in your mind as you go through life because we're going to do there's going to be things that happen in our life we're going to need the lord's forgiveness and we've got to know the power of his ability to forgive if you repent and stop doing whatever it is you've asked him to forgive you for he can forgive you amen now john 12 48 says this he that rejects me and receives not my words if you don't receive the words of jesus has one that judges him the word who judges the word this thing. So the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last days. We're going to be judged by the gospel of Jesus Christ. How important is it to know this book? If we're going to be judged according to it, we've got to know it. If you've got an examination on this book and that examination is paramount for you to pass, how well have you got to know it? Who reads it all the time? Who knows this book? Who can say they know this book intimately here? And put up your hand if you read it all the time. Guys, you sit under my preaching all these years and your hands aren't flying up. <laughs> Guys, you've got to put, your, put this first. Put this first. What are you doing? Don't just rest in coming on a Sunday to church and don't read it all week. You're going to be judged according to that. I'm not telling you that for a guilt trip. Jesus will judge you for how you treated his word. Oh, I don't like reading. Oh, I was tired every morning. I don't want to read in the morning. I'm too tired at night to read. Besides, I had to watch my TV shows. Or I had to do this. I had to do that. Every excuse under the sun is not going to pave the way for you to read a book that you know is the most important thing in, the, in your life. Who knows this is the most important thing in your life? Yeah. 
How are you treating the most important thing in your life? You know? The most important thing in your life you ignore. That should not be. That should not be. Read it daily. Get it into your heart. God, am I am I right? Am I right? Right? I couldn't be writer, could I? <laughs> All right? I'll use this analogy for this. Why do people come to piano lessons? To learn piano. Yeah. But as a teacher, they want me to expose their mistakes. Right? It's usually two classes of students. One, who don't, they want me just to be a yes man and a pat them on the back man. And they don't learn the piano very well. Right? Then there's the others that come in and they want to know what they're doing wrong every lesson. And when I expose it, they're thankful. Right? What are you guys doing wrong at the moment? Not getting the word of God in your hearts. Depending on a short Sunday service that you, a lot of the time I'm sure, the thought goes through your head, I'd much rather be sleeping. (coughs) What's the most important day of the week? I want everyone to answer that. Why Sunday? To put you back in the perspective of God in It does. Well, Sunday is the first day of the week, and it was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. So in that day, it's like the new life was given, right? So now we have a new life in him, through, and he was raised on the first day of the week. Sunday then becomes symbolic of a fresh beginning. And what's the best thing to do on the day of the fresh beginning? Hear the word. Hear the word. You can speak up. Don't worry if you get the answer wrong. Hear the word. We've got to hear the word. I'm saying this also for the camera. How many people would rather not hear the word of God on Sunday morning? Would rather sleep? Because it is the most important thing you can get at that start, that kickstart into the week. The, the, along with that, the most important thing you can do on a daily basis is get the word into your heart in the morning and the word into your heart at night. And throughout the day, if you, can, if you can find time to do it, to read the Bible. But you're responsible for yourself. Look, I know I read the Bible every day. I, I, I know I do. So I can put my hand up and say, I do read it every day. I do put my time into the Word of God. Right? But the thing is, is I'm not responsible for you. All I can do is tell you and encourage you, but you guys have to have the revelation of how important this is. Remember that priorities list in, um, was it Ministers of Reconciliation? I think I, yeah. What's the most important thing in, in your priorities? What should be the most important priority? Jesus. Yeah, God, Jesus. He's number one, isn't he? How many of us hold him as number one, though, in reality? Not many of us. So you really need to consider this in a strong way. And I'm overly emphasising it and because the most important things today I really want to emphasise. You know, you're responsible for your own Christianity. Keep your eyes on judgment. No, I'm going to be held in relation to this. God's going to judge me. How? According to the words that he spoke. And wouldn't it be terrible to get there and say, Jesus, I didn't even know that saying. (laughs) Was that in the Bible? That saying, you know, I wasn't aware of that. Rob never preached on it. Or he may have, but I wasn't there that weekend. Or something like that, you know what I mean? Make sure you know the Word of God. Make sure you look after your spiritual welfare and put it first. Don't let the world look after your spiritual welfare and run you into the ground and cause you to do everything but look to Jesus. And it's very easy. With computers today, you flick on your computer, the next six hours of your life, you don't know what happened to it. You flick on two movies and the day's over, sort of thing. Don't fall into those traps. Because it's so condemning to your Christianity. And you don't want to be one of those that are going to 
come before the Lord on that day, and I'm about to preach on that. John 5.24, Most certainly I tell you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and doesn't come into judgment but has passed out of death into life. So how do you pass out of death into life? And, does, and we won't come into judgment, meaning eternal condemnation. We have to hear the word. We have to hear the word. How do you hear the word? You read it. You read it out loud so you can hear it. You know what I mean? You've got to receive the word. The word's got to come into your heart. It's got to be in here. And this is part of the test. This is part of the challenge of being a Christian. Is the moment you say, yes, I'm a Christian, from that moment on, you should be a biblical Christian walking with the Bible in your hand being read. Not just holding the Bible and never opening it, but you know what I mean? Opening the Bible, reading it, and taking it deadly seriously. It's more important than your studies at school. You're not going to be judged in, in heaven by how well you do at school. You're not going to be judged by how many mates you have. You're not going to be judged by how many friends you had on Facebook. You know what I mean? These aren't going to come into it. not going to be judged by how much money you made. You know? That's not going to come into it. Yeah, we've got to make money. Yeah, we've got to go through school. We've got to do all these things. And we've got to, you know, have friends and all that sort of stuff. But if they take priority over God, we've got ourselves deceived completely and totally. Amen? I know you're understanding it. Important insights into the judgment, and this is important that I go through this. Matthew 7, 21 to 23, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll tell you something right now. I have to preach like this. Why? And then I'll tell you. <laughs> you do feel, you know, it's, it's what the Bible stresses, it's the emphasis of the Bible. The emphasis of the Bible. Guys, if, if one of you end up in hell, burning forever, could you imagine that? Just, for, just say, for example... Uh, you die and you, you wake up in hell. And you're crying out to the Lord, but Lord, I was going to church. The Lord's just going to... Well, you won't even see the Lord. You'll just be there, you know, waiting. And you know now, or all I've got to look forward to is a moment in the before God where he's going to judge me and throw me into the lake of burning sulfur. You, you'll know because you've heard that message. And don't think that just because you go to church and you have a kind of faith that you're not committed to, that you aren't going to go to hell. And why I say that is, is because a lot of Christians out there deceived into thinking they can live any old way and they won't go to hell. Make sure you're saved and make sure you're walking in that salvation. And I'm going to tell you now, this is what the Bible teaches I'm not going to comfort you in the thinking because I don't know how you're living. You know what I mean? I don't know what you're thinking, what you're doing and how you're living your life. So I, so I find it very hard to make a judgment. But all I know is, is that hell is a reality and heaven's a reality and we've got we to gotta make sure we get, we get into heaven we don't end up in hell. Now, if you end up in hell, you're going to wish that you listened to me today and took my rebuke seriously. This is really, really important stuff. Not everyone, Jesus says it. Jesus preached on judgment all the time. He was hard about it. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. You know, someone claims that Jesus is their Lord. If they, that means they're Christian. A non-Christian won't say Lord Jesus, will they? <laughs> they won't call him Lord Jesus. They'll say that Jesus doesn't exist. He's not God. Right? These are people that say, Lord, Lord. Well, not everyone who says to me, and we can't say who they are. Oh, it's just the Jehovah's Witnesses. No, I don't know. I don't know who they are. It could be the most charismatic Christian leader in the world today could be one of those saying, Lord, Lord. My prayer is, Lord, keep me on the path. Keep me on the narrow road. Keep me in the will of God. Lord, Lord, not everyone who says it will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only the one who does the will. Not everyone 
who says, Lord, Lord, words into the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. I never knew you away from me, you workers of iniquity. Away from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. You never did my will. You never lived according to my will. You never read my book to know my will. You never followed the faith truly. You never walked in me. You walked in the ways of the world continuously. You lived for the world. You lived for your friends. You lived for everything except me. You put me last every single day. I didn't get a look in the whole week. And then on the one day of the week, there was a desire not to even have that day with me for those two hours. And a prayer that Rob won't go too long. <laughs> in his preaching. <laughs> That's not going to happen today. No, sorry. It might. I might finish soon. But I never knew you. Please, guys, don't let Jesus say that to you. Don't let Jesus say that to you. Be the one that gets told, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful Faithful to me, walking in me continuously, living for me, doing my will, doing my will every day, asking me every morning in prayer, Lord, what is your will for me today? Ask him every morning in prayer. If you get up and go to school and you haven't prayed, guys, you're not, you're not equipped. Little wonder you get deceived all day long. Don't think about Jesus all day long. You get home at night and you're too tired to pray and too tired to read your Bible and you go to bed and, and the whole day's gone and you haven't even given Jesus a, a foot in who does that? Who's done that? Is that right? Can't let that happen. Matthew seven twenty four to 27, it says this. Therefore, this was straight after uh, Matthew seven twenty one to 23. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, everyone who hears these words, everyone who hears these words, these are Jesus' words I'm using right now. Everyone who hears these words of mine, puts them into practice, lives for Jesus, does his will, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock and the rock is Jesus Christ. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice... So if you hear what I'm preaching today and don't go home, don't put them into practice, ignore it and get back to your old way of life, flick the movies on, put on Facebook, just live, live for the world again for another week. He's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Guys, don't be that house. Don't build on the sand. Put his words into practice. Live it out. Seriously, live this life out in Christ. Now, you know the original text, you don't have to open, I will open to it. If you have time, you can, it's up to you. Hebrews 6, 1 to 8. And it says, you know, it says, Therefore let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and then go into maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that leads to death and of faith in God and instructions about baptism, laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. Right? He's calling that a, a, a basic faith or an elementary faith, uh, teaching. And God permitting we will do so. But it is impossible. It says this, It is impossible for those who have been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God, they can see that the word is good, and the powers of the coming age, knowing that the, they've even had supernatural experiences with God, if they fall away, and there's many Christians that have had those experiences, they were once saved, that if they fall away to be brought back to repentance, uh, it's impossible for them to be brought back to repentance because to their loss they are crucifying the Son of God all over again. 
and subjecting him to public disgrace. So now, if you've fallen away, and I'm not saying any of you have, because none of you have here, right? But there's Christians online who are watching this right now who have been once and they've tasted the goodness of the Word of God. They've lived for Christ. They've experienced the supernatural powers of Jesus Christ. They've fallen away. They've turned away. They are no longer saved according to the Word of God. It says that they've subjected Jesus Christ to public disgrace by falling away from him. And then it says this, land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receives the blessings of God. Right? The, the land that pro- receives the rain produces a crop. But land that produces thorns and thistles, this is an important one, is worthless and is in danger of being cursed, in the end it will be burned. So if you're a, a, a land that's producing thorns and thistles, you're not producing the fruit of a righteous life in Christ. If you're producing nothing except thorns and thistles, which is like just, you know, sinful stuff, you know, you are going to be burned. You're going to suffer eternal judgment. Uh, in the sense of condemnation and be thrown into the fire of hell. Now, I think that's a worthwhile thing to look at as a Christian. Remember I said earlier about this once saved, always saved thing? You can't explain that away. You can't say, oh, no, no, that doesn't mean that. No, it does. That's what it means. (laughs) You know, the Bible doesn't speak of once saved, always saved. It speaks of produce fruit. Produce fruit. Don't produce thorns and thistles. Amen? So the reason why this once saved, always saved issue comes up when judgment is brought up is because that theory will be proof tested when we stand before God on that day. There's going to be many Christians that are going to stand before God with that once saved, always saved theory rolling through their mind and they'll just be assuming, yep, I'm saved, but then they'll be wondering, why am I standing next to Hitler? You know, why is Stalin just over there? (laughs) Hang on, am I in the wrong group? And then Jesus said, get away from me, evildoer. I never knew you. You didn't produce fruit. You didn't do the will of God. It's going to be a terrible, terrible day, guys. A terrible, terrible day. So make sure you're on the right side. Make sure you're in the righteous and you're living for God, living for God now. Paul was quick to make clear in this scripture that those who fall away from Christ after being in Christ cannot be brought back to repentance for they are crucifying the Lord over again. Now, how we class someone as falling away is someone that has believed and has completely denied Jesus Christ. Totally. Rejected Jesus with all their heart. That's fallen away. A friend of mine, he and I were Christian going to the same church at the same time. He was a preacher and I was preaching at the same church. Anyway, the church sort of was slowly disbanding and stuff and we, we left the church at the time. It was, there was this terrible stuff that was going on. Anyway, he, he had also left and we got together afterwards. I never rejected Jesus as my Lord and Saviour where he completely turned his back on Jesus and he said all that stuff is baloney, it's rubbish. I'm saying, how can you say that? You used to preach on, (laughs) you were preaching on Jesus Christ. And he just turned his back. And then I've caught up with him since then and he's still completely hard against Jesus. So the public disgrace part comes into where the non-believers look and say, look, told you it wasn't real type of thing. Yeah. Even you have turned your back. Yeah, they've disgracing Jesus through it. Yeah. So he then makes clear, Paul does, that an analogy of good and bad soils, which must be considered carefully. Are we living by the will of God or not? Are we living and are we producing good fruit? Are we producing anything for Christ? You know, I believe you, bec- you, you do the things you focus upon. If your mindset, right, and I can say this even to teenagers and, and the young ones, even to all of us, right, if your mind becomes consumed with wanting to reach people for Jesus... Guess what you'll start doing all the time? You'll start to reach people for Jesus, right? Whatever you focus on in life becomes the thing that you tend to want to speak about and you look for opportunities, you know what I mean? So if your mind is not in those that, that direction at all, then of course you're not going to produce any fruit in that direction. You know what I'm saying? So make sure you 
question carefully, what are you thinking about? What are you consumed with? What is your interest? What are your interests? Are those interests godly interests or not? And make sure they line up with the Word of God. Make sure that you do the will of God. Let the will of God consume you. Amen? John 5.25, Judge Jesus, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself, and he gave him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs, that's all that have ever lived on earth, will hear his voice and will come forth, those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life. See, he says good deeds. People say, oh, it's not a work salvation. Hold on. Salvation, the initial step into salvation is through Jesus Christ. After that, produce, produce fruit. <laughs> good deeds. The will of God. Live by it. If you live by the will of God, you'll, produce, you'll do good deeds. Look at John Prasad in India. He is consumed with the will of God. Supporting 300 widows and about, I think, anywhere from 50 to 70 orphans. And he goes by faith, month to month, trusting for God's provision to look after all of those people. He's consumed with it. You know, that's a good deed. He doesn't assume that that's going to give him salvation, though. He just knows that's what true religion is, looking after the widows and orphans in their distress, visiting them. So those who committed evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment, meaning they'll be judged and accursed. Okay, so the conclusion is Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. It says, if we deliberately keep on sinning, and this is, the, this is a key point, Christians who deliberately keep on sinning, they plan to sin. They got it in their mind. That's their desire. That's what they want to do. They want to sin. Right? Uh, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth. So the knowledge of the truth has already been received, meaning the knowledge of salvation. No sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So what would, if you deliberately keep on sinning after you've become a Christian, you will be considered an enemy of God. And the only thing you got to look forward to is raging fire. That's scary, isn't it? Now, am I trying to strip our hope by saying this? Or am I trying to help you to align with our hope? Absolutely. I'm trying to help you to align to the hope of Christianity. Let's not be deceived about what it is. I don't want everyone to be shocked out of their brains when they get to heaven and find out that, oh... (laughs) I didn't realise that I wasn't saved all that time. I didn't realise that I didn't have a licence to sin. My pastor said I can't lose my salvation no matter what I do. You know, why? what a terrible time to find out that truth. Shouldn't that truth be presented now? Shouldn't we live by that truth now? So that when we get there... We know full well what's going to happen at the judgment. We're not going to be like the unrighteous and it's all going to be this big mind blow. We're going to get there and pretty well know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we'll know, well, Lord, I've, I've repented of every sin. I stopped sinning. Uh, the few times that I did sin, I repented immediately and I asked you forgiveness and I know I got my forgiveness because I was washed and cleansed and you died so that I could have that. And I've followed you with every fibre in my being. And I've read your word over and over and over and over and over and I know that I've lived by it because I've read it so much. Do you know what I'm saying? John 5.24, Most certainly I tell you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He who hears my word and does not come into judgment but has passed out of death into life. If you hear the word and you believe in his word, you have eternal life. So make sure you hear his word. It's daily manner, guys. You've got to get, get it fresh every day from heaven. You can't get it... F- you wouldn't eat just once a week, would you? Imagine if you had to wait till Sunday morning just to eat a plate of food. I bet everyone would be here with bells on if that was the case. 
You know what I'm saying? Any words. <laughs> We'd have a mega church going on, wouldn't we? <laughs> One meal a week, but you only get it at church. Everyone and their dog would be here. But you know, you don't want to be like that. You want to, you want to get your your daily manner every day. The Word of God. Man does not live on, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, and but also the Word of God is considered the bread of life which is Jesus as well. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. When they say perish there, they're meaning eternally die in hell. So they will not die eternally in hell, but have eternal life in him. Amen? So I'm just trying to lay it out very, very straight for you today, and I'm, I'm sure it's, I can see some shocked faces, but I'm glad about that. <laughs> I expected it. All right, so let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this sermon, and I thank you that uh, uh, that the Spirit moved today and uh, moved through me uh, powerfully to present this sermon. And I pray that uh, you'll just uh, touch our hearts and help this Word to transform us and that we don't go home and just forget all about it, but we'll be doers of the Word not just hearers alone, but doers of the word, that we'll not be deceived by thinking that uh, we just hear it and, and don't have to pay attention to it or respond to it in any way. Help us to understand what our Christianity is and just what we have believed so that we can live it out on a daily basis. I just pray your, your blood covering over all of us and that you direct our paths continuously, Holy Spirit, just really wake us up so that we can walk in you continuously every single day. Help us to do this, uh, and we need your help because, Lord, it is a tough life, and there's so many distractions, so many things pulling, uh, pulling us here and there, and vying for our attention. But we need uh, you to um, just to help us to live by the word, walk in everything that you've called us to walk in, and we need your help. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon. If you search Rob Cartledge in the iTunes store or go to www.robcartledge.com, you'll see a number of different sermon series. Uncovering Religion, Truth, Judgment and Eternity, Apologetics 101, Critical Doctrine and End Times. Feel free to check them out.